0: Today on the podcast, Katrina, the founder and inventor of the Granola Bar Pan, joins us to talk about why it's time to ditch the store-bought granola bar. We talk about what led her on a journey to creating healthier homemade granola bars and more. This is such a great episode. We talk about why it's so important to look at the ingredients in the products that you buy and how you can make your own easy homemade granola bars at home hello and welcome to the bowl of life podcast with your hosts joe and sarah hayes we are so glad you are here with us today talking about food faith and family and how each of those topics impact our everyday life the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the inspiration to live your life more abundantly
1: on this podcast we will talk openly about what we consume
0: Whether that means what goes on our plate and in our mouths.
1: Or what we see, hear, and listen to and how that can change our mindset for the
0: day. We truly believe life is a journey.
1: And that is full of lessons for each and every one of us to apply if we can get quiet and listen.
0: We are so glad we get to experience this life journey together with you. So hey, go grab a spoon. Or a fork. And let's go. Hello, and welcome back once again to the Bull of Life podcast. Today, we have an exciting guest with us who is an expert in everything homemade granola bars. She even created her own granola bar pan. That is so cool. And actually, that is how we met. I was actually part of the beta testing round for the granola bar pan. So today, we're going to talk about how easy it is to make homemade granola bars and why you should ditch the store-bought ones pronto. So enough for me. Let's meet our guest. Hey, Katrina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Sarah. It's so good
1: to be on here. I'm so excited. Um, Yeah, so I am the innovator behind the granola bar pan. Um, We have been selling them for about a year. But to give you some background, I am married to my sweet husband, Todd, and we have two kids, um, six and eight. Finley and Alistair, and we live down in sunny Arizona. We have been having such a great experience with um, the granola bar pan, with everything that's been involved. We um, Years ago, actually, my husband and I, right after we first got married, we've been married for 10 years, is when I first started getting an interest into looking at my foods and wondering what's in them. And one of the things that we had was the granola bar. And I thought, you know what, let's just see what's in these. And I took a look at the ingredients list and I was kind of shocked that I couldn't read all of the ingredients. And so I thought, you know what, I can't, I can't be having these for my family. I want to try to make them from scratch so I could control what ingredients were in them. And so honestly, that is like the first thing that sparked this whole entire journey. It was just about 10 years ago.
0: Oh, wow. wow. That is so cool. Because, yeah, I think, you know, we often think of granola bars. Well, and they're they're kind of uh, marketed to us that way as healthy, you know? Absolutely. But the from the store aren't necessarily so much healthy for us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, a lot of people, you know, I think maybe that's maybe a more recent thing that we look at the labels on the, on the packaging, but I don't know if a granola bar is something we look at as much because in our minds, it's kind of been marketed and programmed to us that these are healthy. So were you having, were you having like a, um, you said you started to look into kind of what the ingredients in food were. Did you have some like type of reaction or some health reaction that made you kind of prompt uh, to look into it or... Well, it was just, you know, I had in college,
1: I had taken nutrition classes and some food science classes, um, as part of my major, which was super great experience. So I was aware of the different things that were being put into our foods. And as a, as a new wife, I honestly kind of felt that pressure to make healthy foods and to provide the best foods that I could for my husband and I. And so I just, I just started looking at those labels. And when I saw the preservatives and the added sugars, it I learned about the process of how, you know, you you would eat a store-bought granola bar that had some sugar in it, didn't have as much protein. And so your body would digest that super fast. Your blood sugars would go up and then all of a sudden you'd be hungry again. And what would you want to reach for really quick? Oh, another granola bar. And so it was just like, it kind of made me mad, honestly, that it was, absolutely geared towards getting us to eat more and to eat more and more and buy more and more of their product. And, um, and so I kind of took that little angst that I had. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to make my own, I'm going to take that control back. And I just want to provide healthy food for my family. And I just had to start small, like the idea of making sure everything was healthy was just so it was just too overwhelming. So I started small with the granola bars.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean that that makes sense. Um, and you know, I feel like my my story is a little similar to yours when I started to really look into things. You know, like I had been healthy my whole life and I always been kind of teased that I like to eat rabbit food. <laughs> so I wasn't necessarily always looking at like the back of package, you know, like a granola or a cereal or something like that that you would find um at the supermarket. But, you know, like once I had kids, I was kind of like Oh, you know, like maybe we should join that CSA up the road and mm-hmm. maybe we should look more at using like some natural sugars versus processed sugars and um, you know, I think everybody's journey is a little bit different, but there's always that point where we're like, "Well, wait a second, like maybe we should be doing something a little bit differently here." Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, So you told me a great story, and listeners, yep, we're going to talk about something that you know sometimes a little sensitive. But you said (laughs) you fill your nutritional needs of your family with granola bar recipes, and particularly your kids versus versus what you're getting at the store um, because. store-bought ones are just going to have you reaching for another bar full of sugar. (laughs) So tell me about like ingredients and, you know, how you kind of figured that out, what works and what's better um, in a a homemade granola bar versus a store-bought one.
1: Yeah. So the biggest factor that you kind of, you alluded to was that I could cater my granola bars to the nutritional needs, to the health needs of my family. So I could choose ingredients, for example, I could choose flaxseed meal, ground up flaxseed, you want to make sure it's that ground up flaxseed, and that actually provides the insoluble and soluble fiber for a person. So that way they're, they don't get backed up, they go number two more often. And for my kids, having them kind of on like a poop schedule was really important and really, it makes things a little bit more convenient you can help them recognize when they have to go to the bathroom. So one, one of my most um, famous recipes is the peanut butter bars because you can easily add in flaxseed meal to it because it's a nutty flavor. And the kids don't even know that it's there. Nobody knows it's there. But what it does is it, it creates um, the nutrition that you need in order to keep yourself regular. And it, I mean, it works for kids, it works for adults. And I have um, a sweet friend of mine and her child was on medicine for in order to keep him um, regular. And she said, you know what, I'm going to try these. And so she tried them and she was able to go from having her kid on medicine, over the counter medicine, taking it every single day to stopping taking that medicine to each day or every other day she'd give her child a peanut butter bar. And then the next day, she'd give them um, four ounces of apple juice. And the next day, it's a peanut butter bar. So she actually meal preps every single Sunday and makes two batches of those peanut butter bars every single week because it's worked so well for her family.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I Yeah. Wow. You know, and like you said, um, fiber, it seems like, is really getting the spotlight right now. At least at least stuff I listen to. So maybe, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, but it does seem because we aren't as Americans in our diet getting that fiber and it's really affecting us. Like you mm-hmm. said, you know, it's causing us to be constipated and no yep. really feels good. And whether that's an adult or a kid who's constipated, I was just listening to this big um gut health summit summit and a lot of the doctors were just like saying they met with patients and they're like, Well, how long have you had these constipation issues? And they're like, Well, I think I was five. And they're like 50, you know, like, wow, like this is, so this is good to bring this up that our kids yeah. need to be having this in their diet because the standard American kid is not getting enough fiber. I guarantee you that most yeah. of them are, are not, um, just because they're eating, you know, the, you know, cheesy goldfish crackers, no <laughs> nutrition, they're eating, you know, they're just, they're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. So they need to get it somewhere. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I love that your friend's child was able to get off medication because I am so much about that because, you know, yes, when you need medication, if something is medically, you know, wrong and it's only going to be through a medication, you know, take it. You know, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there's a lot of times when medications pushed at us that really it's just a diet change that needs to happen that can correct it.
1: Right, exactly. I see kind of medicine as it gets us through that phase of, okay, something's wrong, we need to fix this. It gets us to be able to, for example, on the constipation, it gets us to the point where our kids are going to the bathroom again, and it kind of gives us a restarting point to where we can go, okay, now how can we avoid this in the future? What can we do with our diet in order to not have to go back on this medicine in the future?
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's huge. And I'm a huge, um, you know, proponent of, your, what you put in your body really, you know, matters, you know, you mm-hmm. may, people may just see the outside, they don't see the insides, you know, like, and actually I was thinking about this when I listened to this, the summit talk about how, you know, like people have all the, you know, just think of keto or something like that where people are like wow you look great you were on keto but like Mm -hmm. who knows what the insides of them look like and there's no fiber on keto there's no you know there's not there's not many uh nutrients going on there um that are in our bodies with these good things that we need and it's gonna affect us way down the road if we don't if we don't start taking care of it and feeding it that fiber and um, being fiber-fueled, as they say, because we're really, we don't. Yeah. We don't get it.
1: Absolutely. Another another really great ingredient for that has that fiber in it is the oats, like in granola bars. You know, you have those whole green raw oats. And it's just packed full of such good stuff. It has such a great nutrient profile, nutrition profile. And there's actually a brand. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I use it all the time now. It's called Zigo Foods. And their oats actually have double the amount of protein. Not like crazy amounts of protein. It actually, it has double the amounts of protein as your normal oats. So it has the whole grains. It has the carbs. It has the, the protein. It has the fiber. But what the added protein does is that your body doesn't break down the carbs and go through those carbs as quickly because that protein, that added protein just helps slow things down and just helps your body slowly, slowly break that stuff down to where your energy is, is sustainable. It's, it lasts longer in your gut and you're not as hungry as fat, but it still has all that great fiber in it. So oats in the, in the granola bars, I feel like are super I mean, I know I'm totally all about oats and granola bars, but I'm just like, it's such an, um, a a miracle like crop. It's such an amazing ingredient that I feel like a lot of times people are like, "Oh, I don't want a bowl of oatmeal.
0: Like that's gross, or that's hard to make, or blah blah blah." But like granola bars, they're so easy, right? And like like you said, your friend does. She makes them ahead of time and then has them for all week. And yep. you know that's perfect to prep on the weekend, and then when you're busy. Um, you know, you just have it to go. So, how how do you pronounce that? Those oats again, or how do you spell it? I definitely want yeah. to use those oats. So, yeah, Zego Foods
1: is the like if you were to go um, on Instagram, is their handle? Z is in zebra. E G O Foods, and they, I mean, they have they have the oats on there. They there's just so much to learn from them. Um, but they have they actually have granola bars as well. But they were so amazing. They've been so supportive. I just I reached out to Colleen, the owner. And she just set me up with somebody in their company and she just said, they'll get you exactly what you need. So I have their oats that I can make my canola bars with and I promote it. I don't get any like kickback from it, but I don't need it because I love their product so much. Like I get it through the product that they sent me, you know, and I just, it's so, the company is just so inspiring.
0: Well, yeah. And with, um, you know, and a lot of this, our sponsored blog, Bad to the Bull, is all plant based. Which a lot of you know people that are looking at going plant based, they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what about the protein?" Which is totally, you know, a myth. There's protein in so much stuff. You and I both know that. But um, you know, th- these oats could help them alleviate that worry that they're not getting enough protein because of the protein that they have in them. Which you know, combining that with your ground flaxseed, well, geez, you got a nutritional powerhouse going on here in a little while mm-hmm is <laughs> yeah, the- that peanut butter yeah yeah and these ingredients i feel like are so much easier to find these days than they mm-hmm. used to be i feel like when i you know started cooking you know with maybe flax seeds or something like that back in the day you it was hard to find that stuff at the store mm-hmm. you know they didn't they didn't have that and i'm sure you can remember that too like yeah. i remember buying the flaxseed hole one time and thinking wow that's the only thing i can Mind, I guess I'll <laughs> grind it up and you know, it didn't go well with me eating them whole, let's just say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you definitely want those ground up, but um, nowadays you can find those anywhere. Even in a pandemic, you can find them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, very cool. So, you also mentioned how. Um ingredient-wise, how some ingredients um like organic peanut butter works better for you because it digests better. Can you speak a little bit about that? Oh yeah. Um this
1: is yeah. So, okay, so I have noticed just with my personal health journey. You know, we all are on our own health journeys. And what I experienced was I just kind of like noticed that I started getting more gas and I was like it's kind of embarrassing and I didn't like I was like, this is, is this normal? Like, does everybody just have normal amounts? Like, what is, what is a normal amount of gas, right? And for years and years and years, I just assumed that what I was experiencing was normal. And after I started looking into more like plant-based stuff and changing up my diet and adjusting it for health reasons, I started experiencing a lot less gas. And I was like, what in the world? And um, for the longest time, peanut butter whenever I ate peanut butter, it would cause me gas. And, and so I, but there's this company once again, peanut butter. Um, I tried their peanut butter. It's an organic peanut butter. And I ate it and I was like, there was no gas. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Why am I not experiencing like, and it had totally like blown my mind that I could, that it's like, no, having tons of gas every day is not, what what people have to deal with like you don't have to have that happening in your body and it gave me it really felt really empowering because I'm like wow like this is something that I didn't like about how my gut was processing foods I was you know I was consistently having gas every day and then I just switched up some of my foods and I was able to completely almost completely eliminate that issue for myself and it was really empowering and it was also um my it like opened up my eyes to, okay, well, what was in that peanut butter that's not in this peanut butter? And yes. yeah, well, I, I, I don't, I haven't been, I personally think it's the gluten. I, I think that it was the gluten for me personally that was causing um, the gas because even though there isn't, it doesn't have any wheat in the peanut butter itself, but when it's processed in a facility that has wheat products, Gluten can actually get into it, and so this, once again, peanut butter um, has is gluten free and it's organic, so it doesn't. It's not exposed to glyphosate and other pesticides and herbicides that can really mess up your gut. Um, And so, yeah, and that it kind of it's just like trial and error. You know, you kind of have to figure out what brands work best for you.
0: Yeah, you brought up so many good points there. Um, About finding what works best for you. And I feel like people give up a little too easily on that. They're like, oh, well, that didn't work out for me. So I guess I just can't eat that up again. But you said, like, you know, maybe that regular peanut butter had had been processed, you know, with gluten somewhere in the facility, or maybe it had, um, you know, been in a field that had been sprayed by chemicals, you know. I had never even thought about the whole chemical thing before until um, recently when I had heard something and they were like, you know, they were talking about that same exact thing, actually. They're like, mm-hmm. um, they were like, well, maybe if you can't eat cauliflower, if you think it's too gassy, maybe it's not the cauliflower, even though that mm-hmm. is more gassy food. But, um, you know, maybe it's what was sprayed on the cauliflower. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know- In fact, I, I heard, um, I, I wish I had this like... This quoted and whatnot, but somebody um, that I follow on just uh, on, I'm sorry, on Instagram, they were talking about how a lot of people thought that they were gluten intolerant, that they couldn't handle the gluten in the product, but it actually turned out to be the glyphosate, which was the herbicide that was sprayed on the wheat products. So it, it, they were confusing because they're so similar. The responses that the responses that our body is giving us. So people who thought that maybe they had celiac or that they were just had a gluten sensitivity found out that it was actually the glyphosate.
0: Wow. That yeah. And I think for the majority of us, we don't even think about that. You know, like we hear like, oh, you know, the chemicals and this and that and mm-hmm. and, we and we just grab whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we we just get busy and we forget about it and. You know, and then we just completely rule out stuff because we didn't have the time to really look at it and it was right. easier to cut it out and, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's like, well, we're missing out on all this, on this, this, you know, nutrient food that we have and that we need to have right. um, just because we didn't look at all angles of what was going on. And I think I heard recently too, that like, there's no gassy foods. There's only gassy people. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it's like okay this isn't the food maybe it's just like how it was produced or maybe right. like you said like maybe it's glyphosate was put on it or some other mm-hmm. chemical that your body just doesn't respond to because hey like that's not how we were made our bodies weren't you know our bodies weren't made to like process chemical you know like that like that
1: And it's your gut's natural reaction, because it says, hey, like, I don't like this. And so it's like, it's a basically it's an inflammatory response. It's a it's a way for your body to say, get this out of me. It's saying, push it out, get this, get rid of it. And that's why a lot of times, you know, you have the gas, you have the diarrhea, or even the opposite, the constipation, because it's just the way that it's responding is, is in all in your gut and your intestines trying to get rid of it.
0: Yeah. And that gut health is so important, especially since we are in a pandemic right now and we all want to be healthy in our immune Mm -hmm. system. Guess where it is? Yep. Right in your gut. (laughs) Yeah. So just like building up that good gut health is so important. And, you know, one way to do that, to start making food at home, start ditching the store-bought stuff. We're all home now, you know, like our most of us, you know, life is just differently now Um, and we're looking for stuff to do. We're looking for things to do with our kids because, you know, maybe they can't get together at school, our friends, our activities. And what better way to do that than to, you know, if they're, you know, even at a young age, they can do this as well. Start to help out in in the kitchen and Mm -hmm. make some granola bars. And so you are also not only passing on to them like the skill to work Mm -hmm. in the kitchen and to do stuff, but you're also teaching them kind of where your food comes from. Right. So yeah, that's so cool. And that's just, so do your kids help out in the kitchen a lot with you? Oh my gosh.
1: They love it. They love to help out. In fact, sometimes if I'm already feeling a little bit stressed from the day, I try to like be super quiet that I'm baking so I could just do it myself and get it done. I know that sounds really bad, but I know that we've all been there. <laughs> and so sometimes I have to just be like, okay, I just, I really want to make these ones really quick. I don't want to, you know, and then other times I'm like, does somebody want to help me, you know, do this? In fact, the other day, my son Finley and I, um, we made um, gluten-free brioche rolls in the granola bar pan. We actually use the granola bar pan to make these um,
0: gluten-free
1: brioche rolls and so we made everything and he was so intrigued he was like intrigued and annoyed that that the um that the that the batter had to rise you know we had to let it rise and then we had to punch it down and and whatnot but we eventually got it done (laughs) by the end of the day and we have these cute little these cute little rolls that are in the shape of you know it's kind of I guess it's more of a of a breadstick
0: Oh, that is so cool so so the granola bar pan not only for granola bars, but like you mentioned you can make rolls in it Or what are some more like flexible options to make to make in the pan and are you gonna be putting that Rioche recipe on your website yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah so yeah some of the things that you can make um chili cheese egg bake has been something that's really like or any type of quiche people have been really enjoying that so they can just freeze them and then thaw them out or just put them straight in the microwave in the morning for their kids or they're heavy just put it into a tortilla you wrap it up and you go um, wow. people have been making meatloaf little mini meatloaf brownies um cheesy jalapeno cornbread in fact, I have a friend who's actually up in Canada, and she made macaroni bars. She made macaroni cheese. She turned it into a um, like a macaroni cheese bake, and she and then she froze them. And I said, "Well, what are you, how are you going to do that?" She goes, "I just pull the bars out after they're frozen. I keep them in the freezer. I put them in my kid's lunch, and by lunchtime, it's just thawed up. And I'm like, "Oh, like a cold mac and cheese salad?" She's like, "Exactly." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so
0: well, just- yeah. Yes, especially, you know, I mean, even if your kids, either they're at school or they're at home, you still got to feed them, and exactly. you know, and if you're a parent who's maybe trying to work too at the same time, yeah, you need something fast and exactly. oh man, that's, And again, we're going back to, you know, yes, a, homemade's a little more arm work, but think of your future, your kid's future, how much this is going to help, you know, their body. <laughs> Yeah, I think most people, it's kind of, it
1: comes down to, um, (laughs) unfortunately, for most of us, it comes down to when somebody gets sick, or when there's some sort of health crisis that makes us go, okay, whoa, wait a minute, maybe we should look at what we're eating to see how, you know, somebody gets cancer, and then they go off of sugar, and they go off of gluten, and you know, stuff like that. And oftentimes, unfortunately, it requires some sort of health crisis for us to be like, okay, I really need to make this a priority because we are so busy and we have so many things on our plate and we have so many priorities that we want to be able to pay attention to in our lives. And so sometimes it just takes that. But I think I, I, if I could give myself advice from the, you know, looking back, it would be that just to start making smaller changes over time start with those small changes now. So that way, either in the future, either I've completely avoided the health crisis, or it's just not as bad.
0: Well, that's true, too. And, you know, I think if you go straight from, you know, that processed non-fiber diet, and you jump right into, you know, well, I'm going to make everything homemade, and I'm putting Mm -hmm. all this and protein packed and then suddenly you're blamed, you know, then, you know, you you don't feel that great because you are getting a little too, you know, it's like too much at once. It's like you go slow yeah. a little bit and start to do it and then you're going to start to almost retrain your taste buds yeah. and, you know, if you go back and have that, you know, store-bought granola bar or whatever, it's going to taste real, real sugary. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. be, whoa, yeah, so so I love all these ideas to make in the granola bar pan, and I also love um, how they can be portion-sized, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, friend did with the, the mac and cheese, um, which is great as well, um, because, you know, again, I think just all of us, you know, we'd love that. We'd love to know, like, okay, well, here's the portion I need to eat. It just kind of, in our minds, keeps everything in, in check as well. Right. So. What is your process of coming up with new recipes to, to be put in the pan? Um, I know probably the majority of them are granola bars. So maybe let's, let's focus on, on that or even some others. Um, so what's kind of that process that you go through when, when you're thinking about that?
1: Yeah. Um, in regards to that, I'd like to share a little bit more about like my health experience with my, I, I have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease runs in my family and, um, and i have recently i'm in my later 30s now and i've recently been noticing you know just kind of signs hinting at that and i thought you know what i maybe i should change up my my diet before this becomes an issue and so i started researching what was good for to help the, the liver and in, in particular the liver heal and i found some ingredients um particular like avocado black beans walnuts um and just some others and I thought you know what I'm going to use this list and I'm going to create a granola bar I have a health need and I'm going to create a granola bar and I'm going to figure this out and so what I did was I created <laughs> I, I hadn't actually come up with a really catchy name in the beginning I just called it my happy liver bars but then people were asking me if there was actual liver in it and I was oh. like no, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs>
1: no <this> is, yeah <laughs> so I just call this my like super standard like super healthy this is like the healthiest granola bar probably that that i make um and and what it is is it has those walnuts in it it has almonds in it it has oats in it um we've got a little bit of honey not too much sugar um and we've got the coconut flakes so there's there's things in it those those particular ingredients that help the help the liver um be able to process things better and help things so that it can function a lot better. And so, what I did was, I I took a um, a recipe that I had already had that I knew worked, and I just kind of substituted ingredients in and out until I found something that worked really well.
0: Oh, that's so that's so cool. And are are you starting? Are you feeling a little bit better? Like, what was those signs that that you thought? Well, I think maybe this is starting to ramp up a little.
1: Yeah, um, I kind of felt so. I have, I get, my weight gain is right in that midsection. And that's one of the first things that when you start storing fat in your midsection around your organs, the liver essentially, once it's, once it's reached its capacity to store fat in the liver or within the walls of the liver, it'll just start storing fat out right outside the liver and on and around the other organs that it's, that's around that area. And so that's where you see the increase of fat um, around the abdomen. Now, When we are stressed, that is also the area where our bodies store the fat because it's just, it's just where it goes. And so I was noticing that. And then every so often I would just get kind of like a little ache on my right side. And I was just like, no, I just don't, I, I just kind of started looking into it and where I haven't, I haven't like, I haven't lost weight. Like I step on the scale and I'm still the same weight. But changing up my eating habits and eating those foods that help my liver function better, I've absolutely felt a difference. And it's hard because I want to see the scale go down. I want to see the fat go go away around my abdomen. You know, it's not something that I, it's something that I've always been like um, self-conscious about my entire life. And of course, you look back on photos and you're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I was so skinny. (laughs) But it's just our perspective. But anyway, so... It's it's not I have to keep reminding myself. It's not about the scale. It's about how I feel and about how I'm feeling about my health. And if I can make small changes there, then eventually the weight will come off. But it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to to put in those small steps to get to that end goal.
0: Well, yeah, I think it goes back to what I spoke to earlier, you know, like, you know, people see that outside or we see that outside. We don't mm-hmm. we see the insides of our body. You know? Right feel the effects of what's going on in the body. Um, and then choose to respond or not. So, I mean, I guess that's a amazing stuff that you're like, okay, wait a second. I think something's going on here let me respond to that. And right. I think that's a lesson we can all like, hey, we just all need to listen a little better to what our bodies are telling us because mm-hmm. they, they will tell us when things are off or when things aren't going well, or, you know, like you said, you felt that right pain. And sometimes mm-hmm. people might've been just like, oh, I maybe stretched a little wrong or something, but um you know, if you really think about it, you're like, well, wait a second. Well, what is going on here? That's not supposed to happen. That's not normal. Um, right. Yeah. So it's hard to think about that. Um, And so, yeah, you mentioned you are feeling better, the, the super liver bars with no liver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny that people thought there were liver in them because that, like, sounds like the most worst ingredient, you know. I know, one. right? <laughs> There's a lot of weird food out there on the market. But Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, might be the
1: best. <laughs> Some magic liver bars.
0: <laughs> oh man, man, that is so funny. So is is that recipe on their blog if someone are on your um website if someone's interested in improving their their liver health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um it's on the it's on my blog, on the website, but it's also on Instagram and it's also when you purchase a granola bar pan, you get an email with seven different recipes and that's one of them
0: so fun. So don't, you know, I mean, I think probably most people are probably like, well, like avocado in a bar, like what are some other ingredients that are maybe a little bit more unique for a granola bar that you mentioned? Oh, that's
1: a good question. Um, (laughs) so have you ever heard of maca root?
0: Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So it helps balance your hormone levels out and it helps give you energy and, um, it has lots of different nutritional, um, benefits, but, um, one of my friends, um, she has um, an Instagram account that she helps people uh, express and have, go through the emotions of when they have a miscarriage because she's gone through multiple miscarriages herself. And um, and she said, you know what, I, I've read that maca root can help with um, hormone levels. It can help balance them. Not that it's going to guarantee that you won't have a miscarriage or that you will get pregnant and that baby will be perfectly healthy. But maca root is something that she has spoken to her followers about and has suggested incorporating it into their diet um, for health reasons. And so I said, oh my gosh, that's so great. And so I took the maca root and I incorporated it with one of, um, it's a seed, it's a seed bar recipe. So uh, if you've ever heard of seed cycling, seed cycling can also help balance your hormones out depending on the you know, the first two weeks or the second two weeks in the in the month with your period cycle. And so it has that maca root in it. And it also has you can based on what day you know what two weeks it is, you can put the sesame seed or I'm sorry, the sunflower seeds or the pumpkin seeds on the top of the bars. And so you know, the first two weeks, I believe you'd be eating the pumpkin seeds. And then the second two weeks, you'd be eating the one with the sunflower seeds on top. And so that was like a really interesting one. And in fact, I have a quick story. Her husband, I brought them over to her house, my friend. Um, her name's Kira. And her husband, I brought over a whole bunch of different flavored ones. And he, for whatever reason, grabbed the maca root one. And he was like, well, what in the world is that flavor? Like, what? what is in that bar? I said, oh, those are the hormone balancing granola bars. <laughs> It was just like I do not need those ones and it's just a very distinct earthy flavor is yeah. what it was but it was just it made us laugh so hard the fact that he grabbed the bars that are particularly designed for women and tasted them
0: <laughs> yeah that is so funny but men right like yeah I see, I see that homemade food and I think oh like, man oh yeah. yay. <laughs> no but that's awesome and I think um I love, you know, makaroo would be considered more of a like a superfood and I think those are gaining some more traction out there. Um actually on episode 1 of the podcast I um was talking about superfoods with somebody putting them in smoothies. Um and um I was like, "Hey, what well, is this is the hype? But like what is it about the superfoods? Like is it just a hype?" And she's like, "No, it's not." Like for real. Like, she's a nutritionist, she study these. Um and I'm like, "Okay, cool. I just need to know that it's just not not a hype." And I think you know, we can, you know, we can start to think that like, well, I'm hearing about all this thing and they call it super food, you know, like, is it really super or is it just a marketing term? Or maybe I just think like that because I've been in marketing for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's true. They are super. Like you said, they, they can help, they can help hormone balance. And maybe, you know, um, again, going back to, you go to the doctor and they're trying to push some, you know, hormone regulating, um, Mm -hmm drug at you and you know, you could try to do it naturally and see if right. that helps or even if you still need the, the drug, maybe you don't need as high a dose. Exactly. So, um, and you're gonna do your body a wealth of good and you're gonna also help that microbiome and, and gut by not plugging it with with antibiotics. That's exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: So, oh, I love that story. I love that story. And you mentioned to me about um you had a a healthy bar but it tasted like dessert.
1: Oh yes, the peanut butter cup bar. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh my gosh, anything with peanut butter cup, right? We're kind of crazy about that. I think in America, we love any type of something that says like chocolate peanut butter cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like a no brainer, right? Yeah. yeah. So I have. So it actually is just that original that peanut butter bar recipe that I mentioned earlier. It's actually super easy. The peanut butter bar itself recipe is one cup of oats, um, one cup of peanut butter, a half a cup of nonfat dry milk and a half a cup of honey. And then you can add in a quarter cup of flaxseed meal. So that's just a regular peanut butter bar recipe. But I recently got um, a specific brand of a Dutch chocolate protein shake. It's gluten free. It's vegan. um, It has good amounts of protein in it from plant sources. And it's a Dutch chocolate. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to take out that nonfat dry milk. And I'm going to make this recipe, you know, dairy free. And I'm going to add in a half a cup of this Dutch chocolate shake mix, protein shake mix. And I add it in and I stir it up and I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this is like almost too good. Like it is so good. And so I, I put it in the granola bar pan, and I froze them and I started telling people about it and they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I start getting these messages and, you know, people coming back to me going, you were not kidding. Like, this really tastes like a, the middle of a peanut butter cup. And I'm like, yeah, I really wasn't joking. Like,
0: <laughs> this is my new obsession. Oh, that sounds so good. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, you used the protein um, powder, the, the Dutch chocolate protein plant-based powder. I hear from a lot of people, like, that they don't like to drink smoothies. And so this could be a good alternative because you're still Absolutely. kind of thinking Amazing ingredients that are healthy, t- but they taste great. Like mm-hmm. who doesn't want to eat a peanut butter cup at breakfast? I mean, hello, we all have those days.
1: <laughs> well, and think and think about maybe the kids that maybe I mean my kids are kind of picky. I have one son who he won't eat any other protein except for chicken, and so for him, if I can, and but he'll eat carbs and sugars all day you know put it in front of him and he'll eat it but when it comes to protein he just like naturally doesn't like meat in particular and so it's like putting giving him one of these peanut butter bars is great because the peanut butter has the protein like I mentioned before the oats have the double the protein and then I'm adding this protein shake mix like what a perfect combination especially for kids or even adults who just can't get enough protein
0: yeah, I'm mean, gonna have to try that on my son. He, he, he's great. And actually, when he went vegetarian, oh gosh, almost two years ago now, um, he actually like totally like upped his game, like surprisingly, because he had been the picky kid too. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, like you know. I'm vegan, you know, but it wasn't like I was pushing it on, on him, but I, he's just like, Oh, he was like complaining about meat one day or something. And I was like, well, just don't eat it then. Yeah. And at first I was a little worried, you know, cause I was like, I'm getting all my nutritional needs. And I was like, why am I so worried about my kid? I know that he's going to get it, but he's super yeah. picky. So maybe this is why I'm worried. But then all of a sudden he started trying all these new foods and stuff. It was, it was oh. amazing. The transformation. Um, And he's so funny. He doesn't even like like the fake meats, like the fake burgers out there. He, he abhors them. He's like, mom, I'd rather you just make me a black bean burger or something. Uh, (laughs) But I could see that he would love these bars because, you know, he is, he is 11. He's a growing boy. Um, you know, genetically, he's not going to be inclined. To, you know, my husband's family is all pretty small, slim frames. Mm-hmm. Um, you no, know, I do worry. Like, but buddy, you are a growing kid. You need you need to get enough protein. You know, like right. yes, as adults, you know, we probably get way more than enough protein. But um, you know, mm-hmm. as a growing kid who you know is active, you know, he yeah. needs, I'm going to have to make these bars for him. They sound. Yeah, ridiculous. I think it's and then sneak a few for myself before the kids. Yeah. Eat
1: absolutely cuz yeah everybody will love them i i think it's really great and it's awesome it's amazing that you allowed him to listen to his body because a lot of times you know as parents it's like oh no just eat it you're fine just eat it you're fine you know this is what we're having for dinner this is what you need to eat but empowering our children with the ability to listen to their bodies and then make a decision is so like what a skill to have in life and like my my youngest son who's We hadn't had McDonald's in a long time, and a couple weeks ago we had McDonald's, and it gave him like soft poop, and he was like, "Mom, I like couldn't keep it in my body; it just came out," and he was pretty upset. And he'd be totally embarrassed if I told him I was sharing this with with people. But I think people will benefit from it because he said, "He said, well, why is this happening?" And I said, "Well, I think it was because." of the McDonald's food. I said, to be honest, buddy, McDonald's is not healthy. And he was like, what? (laughs) Like, he was so shocked. And I said, yeah, you know, the foods that they, that they, that we buy when fast foods, the deep fried foods, it's just, it's not healthy. I said, it's okay to have every once in a while, but it's just, they're not healthy for our bodies. And when our body doesn't like something since you've been eating healthy, it just is pushing it through your body to get rid of it. And he was like, oh my gosh. McDonald's is totally trolling us, mom. (laughs) And I said, why? And he goes, they make their food. And this is like my six year old. He just gets the most like passionate look on his face. He's like, they make their food look so good, but it is so not good for our bodies. And he's like, he just kept going on and on. And I let him, he was getting more and more passionate about (laughs) how mad he was. Yeah. And so, and he said, he's like, I am not eating McDonald's ever again.
0: And he hasn't. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I applaud you for, for letting him know that, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, teaching our kids this as well. Um, because you know, kids, they, they're going to believe what we say. That's, that's, they're our kids, you know, they believe what mom says. Mm -hmm. They're going to, you know, if you go in and say, oh, you don't like the broccoli, honey. They're gonna say they're gonna think. Well, mom knows. Okay, mom knows me. She knows I don't like broccoli. Okay, now I don't like broccoli. You know. But on the flip side of that, you saying like, "Hey, bud, like McDonald's not so great. You didn't feel so great. It's not actually that healthy." You know. Well, that's totally a hundred percent. Like, let's keep mentioning that to yeah. our. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, all the parents out there that, you know, maybe i have been in this similar situation where you haven't gone to these restaurants in months because they've been closed or you feel weird about getting food handed off to you, you know, like, listen for your kids' reactions to that. And then maybe that just helps another part cut out the junk, you know? Yep. Yeah, Exactly so perfect. So perfect. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, you know, I wanted to quick ask a few questions related to, um, you know, when people think of making homemade granola bars, I think sometimes they, I don't know if scared is the right word, but they're like, well, you know, I tried to make them before and they fell apart. Mm-hmm. So what is, what kind of is, um, Helpful tips for when you make something in the granola bar pan that is a good binding ingredient that, um, you know, so they don't turn out too dry, but they're also not falling apart and, you know, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think oftentimes people are intimidated by granola bars um, because they've either made them in the past or they've never made them before. And they're, they think like, oh, that just looks hard because there's so many, there could be so many ingredients, but in reality, it's super easy. You know, you take five ingredients, you put it together and bake it or five ingredients and you put it in the, in the um, refrigerator or freezer and you freeze them and then they're done. Um, but the biggest complaint I would feel that you touched on is exactly that is that the granola bars fall apart. And traditionally speaking, you would bake them in a nine by 13 pan or an eight by eight inch pan. And then you would bake them or freeze them and then cut them up. And what that does is when you cut them up, it breaks those bonds. And what happens, the bonds that were created either during the freezing process or during the the baking process, um, and that cutting it into it makes them to crumble. It creates them, it breaks that bond, and then they crumble and they fall apart. Or another thing that if people put, um, when we add, like, say we do walnuts or almonds or something that's a bigger nut, if we don't chop them up, and we put them in there, it doesn't create as many tiny little spots for the different ingredients to um, seal together to create a nice strong bar. And so oftentimes, it you'll notice that the weaker spots of the bar are the spots maybe where a nut was, wasn't chopped up as much. And so some things that you can do in order to help your bar stick together is um, A, make sure that your, all of your ingredients are chopped up to about the size of you know, oats or the size of peas or whatnot, something similar to that. Um, the other thing is you could use different binding agents such as an egg. An egg is a great binding agent because when it bakes and it cooks, the proteins actually, um, they restructure and they they combine with the other um, ingredients. And then once it cools, those protein structures stay intact and keep the keep the bar together but if you are vegan or vegetarian um, you can use a flax you can it's called flax egg i'm pretty sure you're familiar with that but the flax egg i think actually works better because it provides a little bit more liquid um and it actually creates a softer bar so it holds together just as well but it's not as dry and yeah it's amazing and so what i usually do is um i usually do two tablespoons of flaxseed meal with six tablespoons of water I mix it together and then I put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds and I heat it up until it's about the same consistency thickness wise as like um, an egg that's been whisked
0: um I've never heated mine up before I love that idea yeah Yeah, it it creates you yeah, know, okay. waiting around for it to gel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of waiting for it to gel up, yeah, exactly. You just put it in
1: the microwave for thirty seconds, and you know, depending on how many you need, you know, depending, you can re, you know, keep heating it up and then mixing it. Um, but the other, the other, the third way is to make sure that your bars are compacted in into your pan. So, um, in a nine by thirteen pan, you might. You know, take a piece of wax paper or whatever and push your hand on top or take your spatula and press it down. And the, the nice and compact ones, when they after they bake and stuff, they stay together a lot better. And with the granola bar pan, I've actually created an additional product called the granola bar press. <laughs> I know I come up with like the most, you know, tricky names. Um, but what you do is it's made out of wood and it has a handle on it. And you just get it wet with some water, you can put a little coconut oil on it, and you just press it onto the tops of each of the bar. And that and what it does, it's the same exact shape as the, each of the different cavities in the pan. And so it just presses the whole bar down evenly at the same time. And so that you get a nice even top and then the bars
0: stay compacted together. Oh, that's amazing. I had no clue that you had the press, but you're so right. I had not even thought about that compacting of mm-hmm. bar is what keeps it together. And I- this is a great time to transition into talking more about the granola bar pan because if you are ready to make the homemade granola bars or you've been frustrated by using like the eight by eight pan because of cutting them and then they fall apart, then um, your solution with the granola bar pan helps that. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. um, Yeah. Some of the, the
1: big features of the pan is also, not only the fact that it has the separate compartment so that you don't have to cut up your bars, is that it's not floppy. Like it's made out of silicone, but it's not floppy. A lot of times, you know, you go to the go to a store and you look at silicone pans in the baking aisle, and you pick them up, and they're just super floppy, and you have to put a cookie sheet underneath it in order to support it while it's baking. Or if you fill it up, you're like, oh, I really hope this doesn't spill out while I take it to the to the counter or whatever, and so. For me, one of the biggest things it had
0: to be is it could not be floppy. So well, huge because I feel like I've encountered that before, and when it gets hotter, it almost feels more floppier. Like exactly. that, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So so what yeah what we've done is um, design wise and structural right. In, like structurally wise what we did is we um in between each of the cavities on the underside of the pan you'll see these little bridges of silicone that connects all of the bars basically to the one next to it and what that does is it creates a structure in the pan the downside was that we couldn't ship them we couldn't ship as many in a smaller box because they didn't fit inside of each other anymore because of those bridges but to me the floppiness the structure of it was way more important And so you see that when you hold on to that pan and you hold on to another silicone pan on the market, you'll see that the granola bar pan is so much more sturdy.
0: Well, yeah, and I think, you know, that can make a big difference in cooking at home, your Mm -hmm. utensils, you know, like if you're like, oh, well, it got like super floppy and then everything spilled all over my oven. And then it was hours later, I was cleaning it up or something. Yeah, that's just annoying. (laughs) Yeah, like you're not going to use it again. And then you're going to be like, well, I tried to make the granola, but, you know, it just didn't work out. And so you've solved that problem. You've solved that problem just by like, hey, this is a pan you're going to use more often because you're going to like using it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, the other thing that I came across when I was, I was actually looking for a pan that was already on the market in the beginning of this journey. And I, and I bought some pans that I saw but the one of my other frustrations was that it wouldn't hold all of the mix. Like I would take a standard recipe online, that I would find it for an eight by eight inch pan. Um, for the granola bars, and I would try to fit all the mix in these different pans, and the, it wouldn't fit all the mix. So then I would have to bake one, wait for them to cool, pop them out and put the rest in and then bake it again. Or I'd have to buy two pans, which was twice the cost. And so I thought this is just nuts. This is annoying. This is making the process even longer. And it's just annoying. And so it, I didn't want to use those pans anymore. And so for me, when I was designing the granola bar pan, um, I made it so that each cavity is an inch, an inch deep, and the size and the shape of the actual cavities are very, very similar to the store-bought granola bars, the standard size granola bar that you would find. And it, and it works to where it'll fit an 8 by 8 inch um, recipe, like standard recipe. If, you're gonna, if you have a recipe for a 9 by 13 pan, you can either cut the ingredients in half and do it in one, or you can buy two pans and do two pans full for a 9 by 13 recipe.
0: Right, right, but you're right. Most recipes out there for for granola bars are eight by eight. Um, yeah, it's be pretty pretty standard for for whatever reason. Um, mm. Yeah, and I love you know, and that's actually one of the first things I did notice about the pan when I was testing it was that similar size to like a store-bought granola. Like something, you know, like Quaker chewy or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. so, and we talked about, you know, um how you can make more than just granola bars too. So, and I love the idea of, you know, making the, the rolls in there. And like you said, you make brownies in there. And so, you know, it's like this pan isn't just, you know, for granola bars only. I can see maybe... A muffin bar, maybe. Have you ever done something like that in there before? Oh yeah, zucchini bread bars and banana
1: bread. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, think of how handy those snacks are. I mean, kids love quick breads. Um, they do. I mean, it's a great way you can sneak in veggies too. I'm I'm all about the sneaking in. Even my eleven mm-hmm. year old. I mean, I still sneak <laughs> veggies on for him. But um, you know, and they're constantly they just. You know, they're busy. They don't want to take time, you know, like to have a snack or you know, especially my son, like, you know, he'll cut a piece of bread from like a banana bread and then it's like crumbs everywhere. So if he yeah. can just grab like a little yeah, you know, don't really clean up that well after themselves. So we no matter what, can we just all agree on that? Yeah, <laughs> like- exactly. It's, it's like they don't see the crumbs or something. I don't know. Um, but just to have that little miniature one, whether it's the granola bar, or whether it's the little loaf, um, you know, banana loaf or something, you know, banana loaf mm-hmm. or something. Um, so, so fun. So tell us all the details on where we can find the granola bar pan and press now. So exciting that you have a new product out there. <laughs> I didn't even realize, um, yeah. you know, and that press, I think, you know, probably comes in handy quite a bit when in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, I was actually surprised. Um, so what I did was when I decided I, I looked into getting it made um, by my manufacturer, and it was just going to cost way too much money. And I thought, no way, are people going to buy this? If it's going to cost me so much money, then I have to charge more. And so then I was just, I kind of put it on the back burner. And then one day I was like, you know, why don't we try making them ourselves in like our garage? And we started doing it. And We started testing them. And I was like, wow, this is so awesome. This is super helpful. And I did it. I went ahead and I did a pre-order sale. And people, there were 50 orders for presses, and I was shocked. And I was like, wow, babe, we better start getting to work here. And so, I mean, people uh, just buy the press with the pan. In fact, on the website, it's granolabarpan.com. Um, there are bundle deals right now going on. And you can buy a pan, the recipe cards, and a press together. And they're all discounted if you buy, like, a, the bundle. Or you can even bundle together just the pan and a press if you didn't want the physical printed recipe cards, but you will still get those recipes in your email when you purchase, as long as you put your email address in when you order. Um, And then also going on right now is free shipping. So I recently switched that up. Um, It was right now it's free shipping in the U S with no code required, um, you know, through this year. So for the holidays. And then also if you purchase multiples, so say you're getting ready to order some, some for Christmas gifts or, or birthdays and you just want to order a whole bunch at once, you can order three pans and you'll get them each for like $19.99, which is a great deal. It's $5, almost $5 off each pan. So um, so that's another great thing that's going on right now are the, the bundle deals, the multiple deals, and the free shipping. Um, and then, of course, you can find me on Instagram. That's where we are most like active right now is where most people are engaging with me is on Instagram, and the handle is the same granola bar pan. Um, and then I actually just created a group, um, a granola bar recipe swap group on Facebook. I talked to some of my current customers right now and they said, we want a Facebook group where we can all just share our recipes so they're easier to find than on like, you know, people's posts and the Instagram and stuff. I said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So I recently created it and you have to be invited to it. It's a private group. Um, you just answer a couple questions and agree to the,
0: agree to the rules and you can join our Facebook group. Oh, so fun. So can you find that group link on your official Facebook page then? Um, I just created it yesterday. <laughs> so um, what I'm going to do though,
1: is I'm going to do, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to obviously do a big post about it on Instagram. So it has like the link in the post on, the, on Instagram. And then I will also be putting it on my website and on the Facebook page. Yeah. So I'll be putting it everywhere.
0: Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, how fun because people are always looking for new recipes to try and kind of create a community. Yeah. We also are really seeking that, you know, always, always as humans, we're seeking community, but all, um, with other people that have similar interests, but I think even more so right now during this pandemic and we're all online and we're like, well, you know, like I'm interested in granola bars, cool, you know, like you are too. This is amazing. We have something in common and, uh, can swap some stuff and who does, who doesn't like that? That's great. Um, making, so are you still making the presses out of your garage? Oh,
1: yeah. In fact, yesterday, my son was helping me um, put the oil on them. So they come either preconditioned with a nice wood oil or not. You can choose that your, when you check out. And he was helping me and he's sitting there and he's like rubbing the oil on. He's like, you know what, mom, Sunday, when you have like a big manufacturer making these for you, these ones are going to be really Or what is Yeah, he said these ones are going to cost a lot of money. Because if you put your signature on it, it would make the value go up. <laughs> I It's like, sweetheart and nobody's going to pay for my
0: signature but i like the way you think you know i didn't say that of course i just thought you know what i bet you're right (laughs) like you're not only teaching your kids about that you know how you know all these ingredients affect our bodies how mcdonald's is bad but you're also teaching them how to be entrepreneurs because they're watching you and they're Mm -hmm. helping make this and those like you said man teaching some life skills to kids that's always good. It
1: is. Yeah. It is. It's been a really good. It's like I said, in the like the whole experience, this whole journey has been super amazing for my entire family. And, and I love that I don't feel like I have to rush through it. Like I don't have to go out and sell a million pans or whatever. I can just take my time. I'm taking the time to connect with my customers and connect with people on Instagram. And it has been so rewarding in that, in that way.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. And I love this idea. Hey, we're all looking for gifts right now. We are headed into holiday season and we are looking for unique gifts. I know I always am. I'm always looking oh, like, okay, what's different out there? What's unique? What's something that they're not going to have, especially maybe if it's a parent or something or yeah. your sibling or something like that. And what a perfect gift. And you know, this could be a perfect too, like gift one to yourself. Buy one to give to the person you're giving it to, but then go ahead and like make some granola bars in your pan and give them mm-hmm. their new granola bar pan. That's a great idea. I love that. <laughs> so it's so fun. And then they get the business right away. They don't have to think like, oh, well, now I got to go make something. It's like, oh, cool. Right. There and then they just kind of see like that whole thing, and it makes them even, you know, more excited about their gift. So cool. So, granolabarpan.com, and you can get to all the social media from there. We'll definitely link this in the show notes. This has been so fun to talk about granola bars and just talk about the whole process and talk about how we just need to ditch, you know, store bought stuff. And I, I know, you know, convenience is one thing, but, um, you know, it's so easy to, to whip these up. I mean, gosh, what would you say it takes to whip up granola bars? Less 15 than 10 min- minutes. 15, yeah. yeah. 15 minutes. would Yeah. I would say about 15 minutes. Yeah. So barely any time, barely any time you could do it while you're making dinner, pop them in the oven and then you got snacks for the rest of the week. So, yeah. so, so easy to do. Um, and I, I just love this and I'm so glad we could connect and I'm so glad you could be on the podcast, Katrina. Uh, me too. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, thanks. That was such a fun episode with Katrina from the Granola Bar Pan. As a reminder, you can find all the notes for this show at our sponsored blog, badtothebowl.com forward slash 11. Again, that's badtothebowl.com forward slash 11. I really hope that you get a chance to make your own homemade granola bars at home. And if you do, I would love to see pictures of them. Send me a message of your granola bars on anywhere on social media at bad to the bowl. I can't wait to see what you make.